0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Guest Life Podcast, episode 9 with Frank Agostino. Um, Frank is the co-owner and founder of Breakaway Distributing down on Barton Street in Hamilton. Also known as Frank the Tank, legend has it. Um, you know, he, he aspired to be you know, Frank the Tank from early days in his career, but um, now he's here with us. Um, Frank, all the guys, Greg, Johnny down at Breakaway Distributing are a huge part of my business as well as my future business. Um, they're going to talk about promotional products. They're going to talk about, um, you know, everything to do with branding and also being a huge part in this community. So we're so happy to have you, Frank. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. yeah
1: thanks for having me, Dan. Uh, got me out of the office and, uh, got to see, got to see where all the magic begins for you. Got, you know, you've been to our shop so many times. It's, uh, nice to see how the other, uh, other half lives.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, I think coming down to your office is always high energy. I'm it's, always uh, yeah driving. Like, I mean,
1: we are a little different of the spectrums in the sense of the city of uh, where we're at, but it's entertaining in either uh, <laughs> either way.
0: Yeah. yeah, it depends where you are down on the street, what time <laughs> of day. But yeah. um, you know, Frank's just been a massive part of this industry. If you if you guys are walking around town. Um, you're gonna see a lot of gear from Frank and his team, Greg and Johnny down there, and all the staff that he is working for them. Um, so the shirt I'm wearing right now got from Frank. Um, he probably got his own shirt from from himself because he <laughs> he knows how to work the deal. So we're so happy to have him on. So Frank's just gonna go through. You know he's been a Hamiltonian his whole life, and he's gonna tell a little bit of his story. And we're so thankful to have you on the show, and um, you know let's uh, let's begin with a little bit of the backstory on. On Frank, breakaway distributing, how it all began, tell the people what they want to hear.
1: All right. Well, I am I'm born in Hamilton. My whole family's from Hamilton. Um, born and raised right downtown Hamilton, right by uh, the General Hospital. Okay. Uh, my parents owned a business called Angelo's Dry Goods and Hardware, where we are okay. now and on Barton Street. and they. What's, move- the, co-
0: what's the corner that you're on? Uh, we there? are
1: between Wentworth and Victoria. Okay. So the original business they had was called Cinderella. They actually moved from Lock Street to Barton Street because Barton Street was a better place to be. Can you imagine that? year was that? It would have been 1969, late 60s, and then they moved there in the early 70s. So, I mean, people still to this day tell me that they got their first communion suit or, you know, from the business, and people will stop me on the street, some of the older, and, say, you know, and I don't know who they are, but they remember me as a kid and say, oh, my God, you look exactly like your dad, and how's he doing, or how's your mom, so... Yeah, and I'm still there. So, I, I, you know, I've been, my mom was pregnant with me at the, at the shopper, and I'm 49 now, and I'm still in the same building. Born and Born, I, I haven't left. I haven't so left.
0: 39?
1: Yeah, 49, oh, but yeah, 10, God, that 10, that 10, that like 10, that's it. You're always ready 10. to go. That's, <laughs>
0: that's crazy. Um, yeah, and
1: I, um, so basically, how it started is I was working at, uh, growing up, I worked at Kineski Sports. And then I worked at Real McCoy because my dad gave me an ultimatum: uh, either get a full time job or don't come home. So Mac- Real McCoy's up the street was hiring full time, so I ended up getting a job there, and just got I was involved in, in in the t shirt stuff and the promotional stuff a little bit there. But in those days, it was a bit different. There were so many independent, like there was, Kineski's, Real McCoy, Mason Athletics, Hume Sports, the Jock Shop on on John Street. There were so many independent. Small businesses that had a need for blanks, so I started a. a so
0: just for the, a, for, the, for the for the. Straight
1: blanks. People were printing their own stuff. Like there was people really? with heat seal. It was yeah. It was so. I started an account with Fruit of allume in those days. I, my dad had a little building and I rented it off him, and I started took some of my money that he he lent me and, <laughs> and I bought a bunch of blanks and I would drive around with a little Honda Civic wagon. And I would just go around knocking on all these people's doors and I and I, the facts would come in, and I'd deliver them in the morning. And and I, and I did that. And I didn't have, couldn't afford heat, yeah. so I had no heat. So I'd sit there with my coat on in a little <laughs> shop, little warehouse, just a few yeah. doors down. And then uh, it just snowballed from there. Like uh, Greg, my partner, yeah. uh, who was also my cousin, worked for me in the summer. So he started working for me March break, and it just became an amazing fit. Wow. the the two of us, um, other than being cousins, I mean, it was a, it was
0: a great fit. Like he was, yeah, just cause your family doesn't just mean you worked. Need to be it does right, yeah. like partners. It just
1: worked, and so before you know it, one of our clients, I was delivering shirts to them uh, down the road. Bomb- uh, Benny Bombadieri, Bombadieri Manufacturing, that they do school uniforms, and I saw a bunch of silk screening material uh, equipment buried. And I asked him what he was doing with it, and he said, I don't know nothing. I said, well, I'll, I can't afford to buy it off you, but I said, I'll make you a trade. I said, I'll take that at whatever price you want. I said, but I'll print your stuff, and we'll knock it off the price. So we took a class at Dundas School Arts, uh, Greg and I. Together? Uh, together at night oh. to learn how to silkscreen. Um, I thought we- you were
0: going to say so.
1: No, no, <laughs> sewing, uh, sewing is one thing that we never really uh, mastered. We, ma- we managed to put a few numbers upside down, but sewing, uh, not so much. And uh, so we started to learn how to silk screen. And then we started some of the clients that I was selling blanks to said, oh, you guys do silk screening. We do the, our silk screen. I'm like, yeah, sure. So it was kind of a learning on the as you go. Yeah. And then, you know, we hired a person to, to work that because we were getting too busy. Wow. Then we did, and then basically then we bought a forehead embroidery machine. And we used to do the Around the Bay Road Race. And it was supposed to 7,000 pieces. But if anybody knows anything about embroidery machines, there's no fast way of doing stuff. The, machi- the logos are based on stitch count, and every stitch count so it could run for 10 minutes. So this logo was a big logo. It would run for a good good hour.
0: Really?
1: So to do 7,000 shirts for the end of March, we used to start in January. So we do shift work. So it was just Greg and I. So yeah, because I just had my firstborn, it was easier for me to... Come in at night and watch my kid all day while my wife slept. So, I would go in from seven at night till seven in the morning. Greg would work from you know from seven in the morning to seven at night. Just and then during the day we'd print other jobs, and at night I'd, we'd print the around the bay to get it done. Jeez. And did it, you have employees at this point we had no employees at this time
0: so you and greg
1: so it just me and greg and then we started bringing in someone just to run the embroidery machines then we hired Watson so and then it was just and then uh, so for the
0: embroidery machines just so you know the clients that don't know i've been down to his in a shop where the magic happens i've seen it happen because i always ask for the weirdest weirdest things on the weirdest thing so i've had to kind of inspect them but so so for everybody that doesn't know like, what does an embroidery machine look? Do you one, do you one piece at a time? Is it five at a time? Is it 10 at a time? How does it work? This one is
1: uh, the only one that we could afford at the time. So it was a complete rip-off of a name brand. It was a, called an SWF. Yeah, uh, oh, was. It, yeah <laughs> it was uh, it was a complete rip-off. It was, looked the same, had everything the same, you know, like a fake Gucci or Louis Vuitton. Yeah. Same idea, right on the street corner. Yeah. And uh, it was a forehead. So it did four pieces at a time. Okay. So if you try to figure out 7,000 shirts at an hour or a run on four pieces at a time. It makes for long nights and long days when you're still trying to do other work, but it worked. We made it work. Yeah. And now we have uh, over 32 of these heads. Wow. So, and, uh, and yeah, printing manually to two fully automatic printers. So it's, uh, yeah.
0: and, And I mean, and the, the interesting thing I find about your business is, you know, where it looks like your door is, there's like, it's just, yeah. It's way bigger than it looks. Like, well, you see the sign, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of unmarked rooms. Yeah. And-
1: I mean, pre-COVID, I mean, we were 27 employees. Uh, right now, we're about six or seven. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to get there. We just got to wait for stuff to open up, like sports and... Um, so it'll get there. Wow. But you know I what's mean, been great? It's a, it's a
0: massive operation that he's got going. And I mean, it's quick. Like, I mean, the nice thing about you guys that I always use, and, I, you know, that's why I tell so many people about you guys is, you know, the speed that you can pump stuff out. Most of the time, it's the delivery time. On service. The,
1: on the, yeah. 100%. So, anybody can do what we do. Yeah. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who do plumbing. Yeah. But service. Service, service, service. We're in the service. And that's what we sell. We sell service. You know, yes, we sell shirts, of course. But services the absolute key number one one. take care of your customer how somebody else will
0: yep exactly and it's a great model to have yeah absolutely yeah yeah so from you know how you guys started to now what was the big transition in terms of taking that leap with employees and also like Um, kind of widening your customer base and i think the reason why it
1: worked for us is because we did it so gradual you know we just it just it literally it didn't we didn't have a master plan to say tomorrow morning we're going to have 10 people and we're going outside and buying an automatic. So we bought a manual printer and we printed ourselves. Then we went to one employee, got a second manual printer, two employees and slowly built it up. And I think this is the reason why we were able to do what we do today is because we didn't go crazy and start borrowing money like lunatics and trying to buy stuff. We did it gradual. We got to a level. We need to step it up, got to another level, step it up again. And and that's why you you know we keep having because we just keep moving over in buildings <laughs> 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 we just keep running out of yeah, space another another building right and uh, so yeah we've been very fortunate enough that those a lot of those buildings were uh, that were in my our family and that you know we and we bought them off my dad right it's not like they were given to us and he yeah. you know but we were lucky enough he helped us out with the the finances with the bank at those because Bart, Barton Street and mortgages in those days is not like it is today they were not giving money. You, your business is where on um, Barton street, forget it. Good luck. Really? So trying to borrow was tough. Like insurance, getting insurance was tough. Yeah. It was very tough.
0: And how do you find it now that the city's, you know, adapting and transitioning to, you know, making Barton street more of a place to be well, like,
1: you know, Dan, I, like I said, I've been born and raised. I've been down there my whole life. Like my parents had the store there, so I've seen it from its hiatus to the best, when it was store, independent store after independent store, from that whole strip to the Barton bus lineups out front of our shop to get on a Barton bus that was coming every five minutes, This you know the, the peak of Stelko and DeFasco to the demise to the storefront apartments yeah. to the prostitution. And now it's coming back. We're seeing this young people like yourself that are just like, yeah, we're doing this, right? Yeah. We're, they're buying up buildings. They're fixing it. COVID's put a little bit of a damper in it because a lot of stuff was opening up. Great little bars and pubs and yeah. vegan stuff. Like, amazing. Johnny and I would go up and down for a walk and grab a coffee, and it, you just weren't doing that before. Because like, there was just nothing to go to. Yeah. But they're there. Yeah. And it's, it's awesome we
0: just did a little tiki bar down there that's got amazing Chicago-style pizza. Yeah, Yeah, like the the Dirty South.
1: Yeah. You know, like, unbelievable. And they've been so awesome with us during this. Like, some of these small, honestly, if it wasn't for small businesses right now, Mm -hmm. I don't know where we'd be with Breakway. Because they're the only ones that are buying. Yeah. They're the ones that are buying. No Walmart's buying from us.
0: Yeah.
1: But the the, the Dirty South of the world, yourself, like, all these small businesses are the ones still supporting the economy. Yeah. You know, like, so... Uh, kudos to everybody that helped us out there at Breakway. Has been buying. Thank you so much. Like I mean, it's unbelievable.
0: Well, and you know what? Like I think one of the biggest things that I identify, especially in the community stuff, is the community leaders and and giving back. So, you know, Frank and his team are always at the events that you need to be at, and you know, always giving back and always you know sponsoring holes and stuff like that. And I think when you're in a small business looking at growth and expansion. One of the things that we like to see is like not only, yeah, you offer the service and yeah, you're, you know, you're a good guy and you're Frank the Tank and, you know, you can pound some beers when he needs to. But, you know, you when it comes down to business and being a part of the community, especially during certain times, um, is leading the way, not just following, but leading the way. And I think you guys are, are an amazing business that supports that. Yeah, we try. It's hard, as you know. It, it, it's hard because there's only so much money,
1: right? And there's only so many things you can But even can the mask do, initiative I mean, that
0: you guys are doing.
1: And it, yeah, I mean, that was the other thing, too. I mean, the masks. I mean, the, you know, Hamilton Health Science is reaching out and giving us some specs and thinking it's like not, not going to work. And next thing you know, we're shipping out 30,000 masks to our Frontline workers, like yeah. it's like who would have thought this little shop on Barton Street is producing mass? One of the craziest time in our lives, and six months before was printing Raptors and Toronto Maple Leaf stuff. Like people drive probably drive past, like there's not a chance that this doesn't you know, but we're doing it yeah. and we're getting it done with a smile. With a smile, yeah.
0: love it, and I'm a Leaf fan, so it's even yeah. better for me. Got to handle those shirts, right? Like it's awesome. Yeah. That's good, man. So tell me, like, we're going to go back a little bit because he, he said this right before the show. I, I get the privilege of talking to all these people right before I get him on the, on the show, and I think that's what's one of the benefits. It's a little selfish of me to, to do, but I do it anyway, um, is, uh, is how he transitioned from, you know, you skipped over it pretty quick, but you used to work from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. on shift work so that you could take care of your kid. When your, you know, your yeah. wife had your firstborn.
1: Absolutely. It was just easier because, she, you know, so she explain would... explain that. Well, because he, he, him being, he was born in November. Okay. And November 25th, in November. So he was only a month and a half old when we were starting to print all these shirts. So my rationale was, well, she's going to be up all night with him. So there's no use of me being home. I might as well work all night. And then when I get home at seven, I'll watch him mm-hmm. till two or three and then go to sleep and then go back to work. So I just thought it was sometimes i was lucky she my wife's pretty good sometimes i got a little bit more than i needed yeah but but that went on that went on to about the end of march from january to the end of march
0: i think it's crazy and i think you know we talked about it again before the show was was how you know i remember when i met you guys and and especially me being naive uh in business was like oh you got to go down to breakaway and then going down to breakaway and getting that experience where they took my logo from a digital logo if anybody's seen it before to being able to be screen printed, being able to be digitally printed, being able to be embroidered on hats like you know Johnny butchered it the first time but I thought it was sweet but but how it's developed Johnny. is Johnny <laughs> but how it's developed and I think you know one of the biggest things is when you're noticing brands, especially, right? You're wearing a Lacoste shirt. I'm wearing a Nike shirt. I, I call it a guest shirt, but it's not. It's a Nike. And kind of what branding can do for an industry? Because I remember coming in when you guys were like, wow, he's buying Nikes. Well,
1: yeah, because, you know, our, our industry was just T-shirts and sweatshirts and the cheapest golf shirts you can find. Then you got a guy coming in and he wants to spend, wants nice shirts. And then people see it. And then we're like, well, wow, maybe there is a market for it, and you know. And then you start saying, hey, you know, this guy from Dan, guess he bought these, and they look fantastic. Here's a picture. And they're like, well, they look really good. I'll get one of those too. So yeah, it's well, this is actually from our shop.
0: No, I know This is
1: from our shop. This is one of our brands that we have. And that's you know, and, and people will say, where'd you got? I'm like, well, we we'll get that for you. We'll put a little brand in there, a little tone on tone, right? I, I mean, honestly, a lot of the stuff that we sell that we push in our shop is not because it's a uh, someone came to us and said we're going to give you a better price on it, so push it. It's stuff that we've actually worn. Yeah. It's stuff that we'll have at the shop that I've that I've worn myself—a jacket, a shirt, a hoodie—and we'll wear them ourselves. I think you know what, if I like it, then then that's where we'll go. Like, well, that'll become something that we'll you know people come in and we'll say, try this. I I've, I've worn it and go for it.
0: And like you know, talking to the you know the people out there in terms of promotional products, how much of an impact do you find branding creates on industry? Oh,
1: I, I think it's everywhere. It has to, you have to do it. I mean, it's, it's in, it's every. Your cup has branding on it. Yeah. You know, everywhere you look, there's branding on it. Everyone wears a t-shirt. Go to the gym. Everyone ain't topless. Yeah. Everyone, there's a brand everywhere, right? You, you, if you go, the way I always tell people, if someone comes knocking on your door and they have a nice uniform on, the chance of you wanting to speak to them are a lot better than someone showing up and their shirt's hanging out and their shirt's ripped and it's got no branding on it whatsoever. You'd think this guy's here to rob me. They could be the best company in the world, but you got, you got to be, You guys a professionalism, the branding, you know, like it makes it, it doesn't always have to be in your face. It could be subtle. We've done a lot of tone on tone, like color on color for you. Yeah. But I think branding is important. Absolutely. It's association.
0: Huge. Yeah, it's huge. And do you find, you know, in your industry, a lot of people are going towards it now? Like, do you find yourself? I see people... Going the higher route, which
1: I never thought, we're starting to see more of the Underarmors and the Nikes, and people are buying the Oakleys and Pumas now. Where people would have just wanted the six dollar Gildan cotton golf shirt. Yeah, people are spending money. Like people are, or they want nicer stuff because they're starting to realize, hey, my guys look good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they look like a crew. Yeah. you know, you got cleaning the window, and they all have the matching shirt on with a nice big logo on the back. Well, you know who's cleaning the windows? Yeah,
0: easy. Brand, brand awareness is massive. It's huge. Massive. It's, it's absolutely. So how did you take it from, you know, trying to, you know, start the business and, you know, taking it over from, you know, yes, yeah, your dad's location, but it wasn't your dad's it wasn't, business. No, no, it you know what I mean? It's your business. Yeah. So, and now you're saying, you know, making Raptor shirts and Leaf shirts and stuff like that. Like, how do you... Talking relationships in the community, like I mean, like, listen, I you know this isn't a joke. Seeing him at every golf tournament and event, these are these are charity be charitable um, dinners and stuff like that, where you know you get invited because you've donated and and you're being a part of the community, uh, not just because you like to booze and have and go golfing. Um, how did you find yourself in those positions to get contracts like that, especially with Hamilton Health Sciences? Like when I heard that, first of all, I wasn't surprised. Right, I knew hundred percent that you'd be doing something, and I reached out. Obviously, you just explained that you were, but kind of taking it to the next extreme. Like, how did you start from, yeah, the little shop on Barton Street to making those connections? It
1: goes back to the service, yeah. and then the word of mouth, and people. You know, the good news travels fast, right? And uh, you meet so many people where we are, yeah. that and you did just a great job for them. Made it might have been only three, four shirts you did for their kids' uh, birthday. And then it just it just snowballs. And that's how it ends up happening. Like, you know, you, you help the, the, our Molson account, how it started was a Molson rep came down and he needed something done really fast that somebody dropped the ball on him. We fixed it, got it out. And next thing you know, we're doing, we have 40 Molson reps that we do stuff for. We, right? same thing, hospital, same thing. Someone needed a shirt or something done, uh, a lab coat, and we did it. Next thing you know, they're telling their boss. And, and before you know it, when this all broke out, it's just it, the word of mouth, the service is the, the key. You know. We, try, we have to make your day easy. If ordering a shirt becomes difficult, you're probably not going to come with us. We're trying to make your day. We have to make your job easy because I get, guarantee you probably got a billion things you have to do at work other than ordering a shirt for your boss. Yeah. So we try to make your job easy.
0: Simple. Simple but
1: very complex. That simple, but yeah, at times it can be extremely complex. <laughs> <laughs> Some days you just got to walk away, <laughs> go fold a shirt or do something totally different and the, the answers will come to you.
0: Oh man. And it's, 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 it's wild because it's so transitional. So, you know, we do this podcast for entrepreneurs and, and, and people in the community and people that want to be leaders in their businesses or, you know, at their corporations or whatever they're doing. And I think, you know the takeaways from a lot of these are simplify some of the hardest tasks, right? Why is it so complicated?
1: I don't know. That's a good question. My father always said, "Do one thing and do it right."
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Like, don't take on too much. If this is what you're doing, you, you this is what you've started. Don't. You're not going to go from printing shirts to going to making flags or something ridiculous. You might get there, yeah. but make make this one work, and work hard at it.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. You put your effort. You you on it. You put your effort in. You put your effort in, you put your effort in, you put your effort in, and it will come. It will come. Um, you, you have to wear a lot of hats. You know, one day you have to be a social worker when you have employees, and some days uh, you have to be their best friend. And sometimes you have to be the accountant. Some days you have to be uh, an advertising major, and you have to learn these things. And, yeah. you know, and you have to start to delegate. You have to bring people in. Like, you, have, you met some of your great staff here. They're all here because they have a purpose yeah. to, make, to make things more functional and work better. Mm-hmm. And you have to build to that try to do that too soon, it's tough. You got to do it slowly. Yeah. I, at least for, that works for us. Some people might get lucky. Maybe they, you know, they, 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 flip that switch and next day they're, they're capital of industry. Uh, for us, for me, maybe it's just the personality. I, a nice gradual, slowly get there and.
0: Yeah. It's been consistent and hard work. Consistent hard work. Right. And build it as you go. So what advice would you give to somebody you know, whether it's in your industry or outside your industry, you know, starting a business and kind of taking those steps in terms of like getting into the next level and the, being the forefront of the community.
1: Yeah. The only advice I could give people that want to start their own business is it's a lot of work. It's work. Don't be afraid of the work, embrace the work because in, in, you have to treat it like you're working for somebody else. Like this is your jobs on the line every day. You can't have your buddy's phone and you saying, you know, you can't just think, oh, I'm going golfing. Even you're going to get there. If you work hard, you're going to get there. But there's a lot of sacrifices you got to make in the beginning. You may not take vacations for the next five, six years because all your money is, you got to go maybe, you need more money for the business. Sacrifice it, work hard, you know, watch the dollars.
0: You said something before the show that I thought was really interesting, which is, what you told your girlfriend. Ah, about, you, so what you told, told so my girlfriend. wife
1: now, my wife now. So when I started dating my wife now, my beautiful wife now, um, I said to her, you know, I had my own business. And it was starting off. And I, and I said to her, just pretend that I, don't call me. Pretend that I'm going to work for somebody that I can't take phone calls. Because I, I didn't want any distractions. I need to work. Right? And I don't want, if I had to talk to you on the phone, that means I'm not working. So I think that's the most important part that, you know, if people see what we do now, right? Like you said, yeah. we go to the Gulf, but that's not the way it was before. Yeah. Couldn't afford yeah. those things. Couldn't be able to do those things. I didn't have employees. Yeah. I was in my little Honda Civic wagon, loading it to the roof, driving around, dropping off shirts every day to different stores in the
0: city. Yeah, like I think that like coming from you, especially like that's a really good piece of advice from the sense of like, you know, because as a business owner and I think, you know, before, I mean, we're still dealing with COVID-19 right now we're on the, you know, hopefully over the curve. Um, but you know, dealing with it's like as a business owner, it, I I would say before this, it was cool to be an entrepreneur. I still think it's cool, but you know, it's a, it was a lot cooler. Yeah. I mean, the uncertainty
1: of the world, right? right? there's
0: There's a lot of challenges now dealing with it. And I think, you know, um, you know, one of the things is a, is a huge benefit. I remember when I first started my business was, yeah, I, I call my buddies, you know, I'm available. Yeah, I could do that. Yeah, I could do that. But you realize when you're, when you love what you do and you put your effort into it is that when your focus is maintained on your business or your job or whatever role that may be, because this isn't just an entrepreneurial podcast, but you know, if you're you're um, a manager somewhere and you want to manage the shit out of that position, um you know, being able to focus and without distraction and also without guilt of distraction, which I think is a big one. Whereas, you know, everybody, in, I'm sure you felt it where they know that you can pick up the phone and you're choosing not to, yeah. right? Well, but it's your choice. And I think that's the difference where I thought that was a great, treat it like you're working for somebody else. Treat like you and telling you. And it's, you don't want to get fired,
1: right? So the same thing. Like if you want to, want to waste your time talking on the phone for something that's un, really unnecessary. Yeah. And even to this day, like my... my uh you know, you know, got a little more time, man. So I take a few more phone calls, but not, but not as much as, yeah. you know, I don't sit there and, you know, like I don't give my phone out whenever I, we, we, people phone me at work, you know, real good friends will call me, but I mean, yeah, but uh, treat it, still treat it like it. I still get up there and go to work every day. Even during COVID, I lasted a whole uh, week before I was down at the shop printing shirts and I had my daughter with me to fold. <laughs> Because a guy from Brantford, he owned a small uh, hair, uh, barber shop, and he said, Frank, I got nothing coming in. I really need these shirts, you know, to make some money. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm going to go down and print these shirts for the guy. Awesome. S- screwed up a few, but I knew where to get some more. Yeah. And, you know, and we printed them and um, my daughter folded, you know, and we went down there for a few days and we got it done. That's and he was happy cool. and yeah. So you know, now that you got you're... a delivery in the truck right now, once I leave here, I'm not gonna lie.
0: Yeah, know i am always for me, man. <laughs> oh, gosh, I, I could have checked I didn't know if you had it. Yeah, I did, but whatever. Oh, did you know? <laughs> well, Johnny, we gotta fucking talk John blaming Johnny. He <laughs> yeah. Knew I was coming. yeah. It was good. someone had to say something. Um, but I think so so the next question I have is work life balance, you know, we talk about it a lot as entrepreneurs and also the challenges that come with it, which my opinion doesn't exist work-life balance but you know now you're a father of how many three father of three you know husband uh, cousin brother all those things uh business owner how do you manage your time also you know frank's gonna be a frustrated the reason we call him frank the tank is because he's just dropped about 30 pounds maybe a little bit more oh 30 maybe 35 pounds um guy's a machine right now we're gonna we're gonna take some photos oh, flexing boy. later but um <laughs> You know, we're talking about some of the challenges that come up, especially the stress, um, but managing it as, it as it goes through in your well, career, it's, uh, how do you how
1: it, do you it, deal? It's hard. It's really hard because when, you know, your kids, you want to give your kids everything possible, right? So, I mean, you know, in sports, sports take a ton of time. So trying to work uh-huh. and then, you know, you're always leaving in the guilt you know, cause you're leaving at early cause you got to go to a hockey game and then it's a, this one, it's that one. And, um, it's, it is, it is tough because if you take it, so if you don't care, why don't you leave, you leave every day at one o'clock, you don't care. Yeah. But when you care, like I said, you treat it like you're working for somebody, you care like it weighs on you because you're trying to, you want to get your kids to where they want to go, but you just left four days in a row or, you know, then, then there's a hockey tournament and then you're, then you're actually sick one day, yeah. you know, so there's the guilt, there's the guilt. That's what it comes down to. They just, you know, you just don't want to miss. Like it, it, it sounds stupid. I don't know how, even how to explain it, but it's, it's hard yeah. to manage it all. Cause you can't just say, Oh, I got six, sick days. I'm going to take some sick days. I'm going to call my boss. Right. Yeah. I, you got to go in with the flu. You got to go in with a fever. Yeah. There's no taking a sick day or, you know, and your kids still have to go where they got to go and you're still got to make those deliveries and you still got to go, you know, do what you got to do at the shop. So it, it's, uh, it's hard. Some days, that's when it gets frustrating. You're like, oh, "I should have just been a teacher. <sighs> got my summers off. You know, I get my paycheck, I got my pension, I got nothing to worry about." Yeah.
0: Right. And they're they're, they're like jumping through the screen right now, saying like, "You don't know what we have I to do." I mean it with all good fair. You and are, and all, right. and all and a lot of my it, family members are I teachers,
1: think... but you know what I mean. Like sometimes, maybe it's just maybe it was just better to get a job. Sometimes you think because you know what, I could just book that day off, and there's no guilt because I'm entitled right you're are, not entitled to anything when you own your own business you're not entitled to a
0: pension you're not entitled to jack nothing, nothing. Right? only what you choose to put into it yeah. right it's tough well there's also the a massive reward with that that I think is really important to go like you know what we talked about is that that freedom when needed right even though you leave that, you know, we talked about today, you came in for the podcast, it made you feel good.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and, and that's definitely one of the perks that you, you know, and it sounds like we're kind of, I'm kind of contradicting myself, but it's the best and the worst thing, right? Because you're able to do that when you want to do it, right? But we've built it to, we're also at a point now it's 27 years later, right? Like this is not day 13 and you're taking three days off because you want to to go hang out with your buddy. Yeah, the you're, going to, you're going to ball. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, Cherx yeah. yeah, right? Yeah. So you know, you've built it to where you know you've got great people. You surround yourself with great people. You know, we've got Johnny who's a huge help, right? Because now we can actually go and do things because Johnny's got our back. Yeah. Right? We've got Marissa who's been there for so long with the it's umbrella. Phenomenal phenomenal, right? Yeah. Like, she's got our back. Like she takes it seriously. Like and she cares and she, every
0: time I come cares, in. She cares, right? And
1: and that's what you want. Yeah. My mother always told me as a child, go with the people who are better than you and do their shopping. Right, and that's always stuck with me my whole life. Really? Right, and do their shop, see what they eat. And, and, and if people don't understand what I'm talking about, it means you are a successful business guy. So I wanna be you. So I have to see what Dan does. So the metaphor of doing a shopping is the grocery bag is filled with what you do every day. It's how you get to where you're going. And that's stuck with me my whole life. Like I always, every time I think, you know what? You strive to be that person. You strive to see how they do it. You wanna be in great shape? Well, you're going to go to somebody who's 500 pounds to train you, overweight, or you're going to go to somebody who's jacked and, and eats right and does all the right things. They're going to train you. They're going to show you how it's done. And that's how you do it. Yeah, and I, you know what? If she hears that, she'll probably break down her tears because she'll remember telling me that. She told me that all the time.
0: Yeah. I love that, man. I think that's great advice for anybody coming up and, and any of the listeners out there that are, that are tuning in. I think, you know, I, you know, we brought Frank on the show for, for many reasons, not just because he's an awesome guy, but... You know the business that he's developed, and if you ever have an opportunity to experience the service, which is what he's talking about, um, I don't gotta sell you. You'll be, you know, blown away. Um, Don't talk to Frank about the design. Talk to Johnny. Johnny. Uh, Yeah,
1: (laughs) I agree with you. (laughs) See Johnny, you want to have a good time, a good laugh, and you want to be. Call me. I'll come in for the meet and greet, and we'll uh, then we'll bash you on to Johnny and Marissa. No, we're good. Uh, We're good.
0: But yeah, you know, one of the things is that anybody you deal with on your team is phenomenal, and and uh, you've really built it up and. You know, you're a huge part of the, the community and the industry. And I think, like, you know, anybody that's getting into the entrepreneurial space, branding is so crucial to success. One of the things that I, I look at is, you know, if you own a business, you need to know or be a marketer. So whether you, again, if you suck, get the best in the Absolutely. business. Absolutely. Right? It, it, marketing, every every brand is a marketing company because you, you know you have to market yourself if you want to grow if you want to stay stagnant and you want to do word of mouth that's fine too but you know if you want to scale a business um, marketing and branding is absolutely everything and, and coming up with that good service and that great product so you know I think so uh, try
1: the service 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 service
0: yeah your insights been fantastic Thanks, today I
1: appreciate it. it. was great I uh, I love it anytime you give it I'll come back let me yeah, know he's let let me make me down another 10 you never know okay? we'll <laughs> do some push a little push-up contest As in we're, here we're doing one after this right now <laughs> so uh
0: thanks so much for coming on the show thank you thank you for having me appreciate it thank you so Um, much to all the listeners out there like i said we're doing this podcast to just showcase some of the the talent in the community and and how you can kind of identify that like you know everybody has a story and everybody has a beginning so you know the big thing is why not me why not now everybody's had a day one and you know relating to these these people that we're bringing on is just you know it's taking it to that next level if you have questions reach out Um, you know anybody's happy to tell you their story just be a listener learn how to listen Um, so frank thank you so much for being on the show thank you thank you for listening to (laughs) babble it's been an absolute pleasure so thanks so much the guest life podcast episode nine frank augustino why not me why not no